Good morning, folks. Can I welcome you to Samfield Baptist this morning? Uh, whether you're here with us in the building, maybe some joining in online, uh, we welcome you and trust even in your home uh, that you'll feel part of the service this morning. It's good to have our brother Yul Finley with us uh, this morning. Yul's an old friend of the fellowship here. We're doing a bit of reminiscing. He was uh, coming along even back in the days of the Orange Hall. So that's probably the late 80s that he was coming along. So it's good to have him uh, back again with us this morning. We want to rise to the sing and uh, worship the Lord 541 in our books. Or should hopefully be on the overhead with harps and with vials. There stands a great throng in the presence of Jesus and sings. Oh, and there's a bit more volume now and sings uh, this new song. Unto him who hath loved us and washed us from our sin. Unto him be the glory forever. Amen. Get used to singing this. You're going to be singing this in heaven. Uh, so um, let's practice it this morning as we gather together. 541. me coming uh, through loud and clear now it's lovely words isn't it together just um, thinking about the fourth verse or how helpless and hopeless we sinners had been if he never had loved us and cleansed us from our sin and that's the truth uh, this morning so let's just unite our hearts together let's come to him and worship him this morning and just uh, bring the need of the meeting before him let's pray our God and our Father, we again do thank you for your goodness to us this morning, Lord. We do indeed thank you uh, for the grace that finds us in uh, this place this morning, the health and the strength, the soundness of mind, Lord, the liberties in our land, Lord, to gather together, Lord. But we, we thank you most, uh, Lord, that many of us are gathered here this morning because we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour. We can say unto him who hath loved us and washed us from sin, unto him be the glory forever. 
Amen. We thank you for our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his atoning death on Calvary's cross. Indeed, we do thank you for that precious blood that was shed on Calvary's uh, cross, Lord. We thank you indeed that we have cleansing uh, through that blood this morning. We thank you indeed. We're reminded even uh, way back in the Old Testament when the Lord said, When I, the Lord, shall see the blood, I will pass over you. And we thank you indeed for the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you the blood has been applied to our lives and we thank you indeed that we're sheltering under that precious blood uh, this morning. And Lord, we pray indeed as we gather together, Lord, indeed that we, it might be the case that indeed that he may even have the glory in our meeting this evening, this morning, Lord. As we gather together, as we sing your praises, as we come under the sound of your word, as we've made around the table, that indeed that he might have that preeminent place uh, this morning. We realize, Lord, for that to be the case, Lord, we need your help. We need your help as your people, that indeed that by your spirit that you might minister to us, that he might have that preeminent place in our lives and our hearts as we gather together. We need your help, Lord, for your servant. We thank you for you all in our midst this morning, Lord. We thank you for the help that he's been in days past, Lord. And we realize he's been before you in the quiet place, seeking your face for this meeting. And so we do pray as he as he takes the public platform a little later on, Lord, again, that he might know much of your help as he opens your word uh, to us this morning. We thank you for all that are gathered in this morning. We thank you for the boys and girls. We realize, Lord, they've already been in under the sound of your word in the Sunday school. We thank you for that. And even for others from the, maybe the district that have been in there, Lord, and are making their way home, we pray for them as the good seed of the, uh, the word has been sown in their hearts, that indeed it might find good ground and it may see that increase and that even in salvation in these days. So we commit that to you. We th pray for uh, you as you'd share with the boys and girls again uh, that they might be very aware that they're, they're special to us, Lord, but most of all that they're precious to you uh, as we share with them this morning. We thank you for our young people, Lord, various different stages of life, Lord, uh, some doing exams in the incoming weeks, Lord, some at university, some start at work, Lord, wherever their situation is, we, we commit and commend them to you uh, this morning as well. And you know the need of every heart. You know, Lord, those come in fearful this morning, those come in anxious, Lord, those come in with heavy hearts. Whatever the situation might be, Lord, we, we commit and commend them to you, Lord, and that we know, Lord, that you're able to meet each one at the point of their need uh, this morning. So we commend all to you. We think of those that would love to be with us and can't be, advancing years, Lord, just particular illness at the, at the moment, Lord, whatever that situation might be, particularly for those who will be able to listen in this morning, we pray you bless them in their own homes and maybe others that will listen at a later date again, that your word may be a blessing to them. But for those maybe that just are shut in and won't have that opportunity, we thank you, Lord, that you might just even minister to them in their own homes uh, this morning. So, Lord, we give you thanks now, Lord. You know all the particular needs, those who are shut in, those who are particular needs at this time, and we commit and commend them to you. So, Lord, we look to you, Lord. Shut us in with yourself. Give us that special sense of your presence as we gather together this morning. For us in the Savior's precious name, we ask it. Already said, it's good to have our brother Yule with us this morning. It's good also to have the boys and girls with us. So, boys and girls, we invite you to come up to the front, and Yule's going to come down and speak to you. Come on ahead. Okay. Right. Good morning, boys and girls. the man walking the technology to the back there, I'll blame him on it. Now, nice to be with you. As you can see, I've got something in my hand. And whenever I was your age, going to school, I never went to school without an elastic band. Uh, and you might say it was because I didn't have a pencil case, so I needed something to get all my pencils together and sort of tie them together and keep them nice and tidy. Well, I'm afraid I didn't use my elastic band for that reason, for that purpose. And the teachers here won't like me to tell this to the boys and girls, but I would take the elastic band and turn it into like a catapult. And then you'd get a wee bit of paper and you'd bend it and bend it and until it looked like a wee bullet. And you'd put it there, and then you'd look around the classroom for one of your friends who sit with a bare leg and hear bing you know or maybe you'd forget about the wee pellet 
And if your friend was sitting beside you with his bare leg, you'd just turn out, smack him like that. <laughs> All the teachers sitting there, oh my goodness, what did you do? But uh, when you go to school, you, you'll not do those things, sure you won't. You'll get yourself in big, big trouble. But you see, the Bible says when you become a man, I become a man. Left school, I became a man. And when you become a man, you put away childish things. So I don't worry if you've got a bare leg, I'll not be smacking your bare leg this morning. I, I don't do that anymore. No man, I'm an adult. And so I use the elastic band for other reasons. I use it for educational reasons and theological reasons. And you put the two together, this, this elastic band tells me something wonderful about God. It teaches me about God. The Bible tells me that God is love and that when Jesus died upon the cross, it wasn't for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. And when the Bible says that God's love is everlasting, it means, what, what's the difference between a string and an elastic? The elastic, it stretches and it stretches and it stretches. And God's love goes all the way around the world. It goes all the way around Sinfield, all the way around Belfast. It goes all the way around Dundon, where I'm from, and all the way, I'm afraid of this, sorry, I could end up giving myself a bad smack in my hand here if it breaks, but it stretches until it goes all the way around Northern Ireland, all the way around the United Kingdom, all the way right around the world. Everybody in the world is loved by God. And that Jesus died for us all. A wee boy one day was with his daddy in the car. And a very, very hot outside, lovely summer's day. And the wee boy was sweating, so he says, Daddy, could you open the window and let in some fresh air? So the daddy winds the window down and in comes a lovely breeze of fresh air. But something else came in, flying in. It was a wee bee. And the wee boy was scared because he knew there's something in the tail end of the bee that can, can hurt you, a stinger. And so the wee boy was scared and he says, Daddy, there's a, a bee in the car. And don't let it sting me. Here's the daddy then. Kept his eye on the wee bee. <coughs> and then he just put his hand out as quick as he could and, and he grabbed the bee and he squeezed it. But then he let it go again and he shook his hand like that. And the wee bee began to fly around the inside of the car again. But the flight pattern was a wee bit more staggered after being squeezed. But it was still flying around. And again the wee boy was scared and he says, Daddy, the bee is, is still there and it might still sting me. Do something, don't let it sting me. The daddy said, Son, forget about the bee. There's nothing in its tail that can sting you because the stinger is no longer in its tail it's embedded in the palm of my hand. The boy grabbed the daddy's hand and pulled it, and sure enough, there's a wee red spot throbbing with pain, and there's the wee stinger. And you see, the daddy, he loved the wee boy, and he knew that to protect the wee boy from the stinger, he'd have to grab the bee and let the bee put the stinger in the daddy's hand. And you see, that's what Jesus has done for us upon the cross, not just for one, or for ten, or for a hundred, or for a thousand, or a million. The Bible says that Jesus died, and he loves everybody in the world, and Jesus has died for you. And it means that all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, and be my Savior, and take all my sins away. So, get yourself an elastic band, take it to school, Oh, but don't be with the bare legs beside you. But you look at it from time to time and remember, it tells you God loves you and Jesus died for you and he wants to take your sins away. Okay? So you can go back to your seat. Okay, thank you, boys and girls, and thank you, uh, you all, for sharing uh, with us uh, this morning. 
just again by way of announcements, can I welcome you again? Not sure whether the welcome went out in the first time without the microphone. Certainly, maybe didn't get picked up on the internet. So, if you're listening in uh, from home, we welcome you and trust even in your home you'll feel uh, at home with us this morning. Again, it's good to have our brother Yule with us. As I already said, he's a, a long association with us here in Seinfeld, and so it's good to have him back with us uh, this morning. A latter part of service is always wait behind. Remember the Lord Jesus is a breaking of bread. If you're saved and you're seeking to walk with him, well, we encourage you and he commands you uh, to wait behind and remember him uh, this morning. Then 6 o'clock this evening is our time of prayer. 6.30 is our gospel service. And again, our brother Yule uh, will be back with us this evening. After the gospel service and the youth fellowship meet, uh, they're having a question and answer panel. Some of the former youth fellowship members, they're coming along to share and their topic is Christian life in and after school. Then Wednesday, 6.45, so searchers. Last Sunday morning we mentioned that the numbers were down, and we encourage you to invite others along and to pray for that. Well, the good news is that the numbers were well up and increased, so we thank you for praying for that, and encouraging and continue to pray just for the searchers on Wednesday evening at 6.45. Then 8 p.m. is our midweek prayer meeting. We'll just be meeting from prayer to 8 to 9. Uh, Trevor Matthews has been with us a couple of weeks. He was due to be with us on Wednesday night coming, but there's another engagement. So we're having a time of prayer, and then Trevor will be with us uh, on the last uh, Wednesday of the month then as well. So we're meeting 8 to 9 on Wednesday night. Then Thursday, 10.30, Tiny Tots is back on. Then 8 p.m. in the evening, we have an elders meeting. Uh, then next Sunday, 10.15, the Sunday School and the Bible Class. Uh, the service is 11.30 and 6.30. Uh, preceded by the times of prayer and the speaker all day is Pastor Kenny Wilson. Then just one or two things by way of advance notice. Uh, Tuesday the 30th of January is the Ladies Fellowship meeting and Beth Montgomery will be along from Asia Link to speak to the ladies. Please keep that in mind and plan to attend that. Also I mentioned uh, last week that we're planning safeguarding training. As for all who are involved in children's work or youth, youth work in any way, uh, you need to attend one of the nights, that's Monday the 26th of February or Tuesday the 5th of March. And say, whether you're involved, maybe just even in the kitchen or whatever it might be, I again encourage all to be involved in that. And if you have any questions regarding that, speak to our brother Tom uh, McCormick, who's our uh, Children's Child Protection uh, Policy Administrator and Leader in that. So we thank Tom for the work that he does. Please speak to him regarding that. I think that's all the announcements I saw this morning, always made subject to the Lord's will. Before we sing again, as many of you are aware, there's sort of ongoing missionary needs associated with the church. Uh, the Joy Foundation, uh, they're out in Poland at the minute. Robert's out there and the team for a camp. Robert had travelled out a couple of days earlier and the rest of the team have arrived there. So we want to pray for them uh, in that camp. Also thinking of faith in action. We we'll continue to remember the work of Ukraine, particularly our brother Donald, who's in the hospital, again, just awaiting uh, a date for his surgery, so we want to think about that. And then there's a number of men from the fellowship are heading out uh, to Ivory Coast with friends in action. They're leaving on Saturday. I think Nigel and David Reed, uh, John Reed, Josh Reed, and Kyle Moore. I think that's everybody, Nigel, is it, from the church here? And then there's a young man, Oren, who's a friend of David's, going out as well. And then there's three men uh, from the Monkstown Church. Uh, so that's Mark and Josh Collier, and then Mike McLean as well. So we're going to pray for the folks just before they go out and things. So uh, Johnny Rice, Johnny's maybe going to come up uh, just to the platform here, the front. Johnny, I'm uh, just going to commend them to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that we come in prayer to a God who uh, loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son Lord that men and women and boys and girls Lord could know what it is to have eternal life Lord and that they would never perish Lord and we thank you for that wonderful truth that was shared with the boys and girls about the love of God and that that love extends far beyond Sinfield, far beyond Northern Ireland, far beyond the United Kingdom and right across the world Lord and so we do thank you for the opportunities that there are uh, and that the folks in this church have taken and looked to um, uh, look to spend time on Lord where they uh, have gone to different parts of the world Lord to serve you and to bring the message of the gospel Lord and we thank you uh, for Robert and the team Lord for the Joy Foundation and that heart and that desire they have for the folks uh, in Poland Lord we pray for uh, all the arrangements Lord for this week we thank you for uh, the, the boys and girls for the families that will be reached throughout this incoming week Lord we thank you for them we thank you Lord for uh, the blessings in the past, Lord, of hearing of, of, 
of young people, Lord, that have come and put their trust in you. And we pray for that this week, Lord. We ask that you would bless, Lord, as, as every uh, word is shared, Lord, as the songs are, are sung, Lord, and as um, families are engaged with, Lord. We ask, Lord, that there would be uh, a reaping, Lord. There would be a harvest of souls through that work and through that ministry, Lord. And we know that there are many families there that have suffered a lot. And, Lord, we know that they need supported in many ways, Lord, but uh, they need nothing more than, or they, the, 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 the greatest thing, Lord, that they can have uh, is salvation in their hearts, Lord, and to know that there is a God who loves them and who wants to walk with them and wants to give them that salvation and that hope in their lives. So we pray you bless the folks there, Lord. And we do remember Donald uh, Fleming at this time, Lord. We thank you for him and for his service and for Jacqueline as well. And Lord, just even as he is laid aside at the moment, Lord, waiting this uh, surgery, Lord, we ask that you would bless him in his own mind and in his heart and uh, continue to give him opportunities even where he is, Lord, to speak for you. And Lord, we thank you for the service um, uh, in Ukraine, Lord, over many years and, and also for the Ukrainian folks that are now here, Lord, that we've had opportunity to fellowship with, Lord, as they would meet together. Even today, Lord, we ask that they would be blessed. And the pain, Lord, that they have in their hearts, Lord, of being far from home and of looking at their homeland and, and, and seeing the devastation, Lord, that's there. We ask that you would comfort them, Lord, in, in fellowship with you. And that they would know, Lord, that there's a purpose that they're here. And as they seek to serve, Lord, and walk with you, Lord, we pray that you would be with them. That you would comfort them, Lord, and where there's opportunity, Lord, to get back home and to start to pick up some of the pieces of their lives, Lord. We ask that you would go before them and go with them and that you would bless them in that, in that regard. And for the ones here out of the church, Lord, who will be going away this weekend, or at, at next weekend, Lord, we ask that you be with them, Lord, and we thank you again for those plans um, in the Ivory Coast, Lord. We thank you for the work that's out there, Lord. We thank you for the work over the years through Mark and others uh, who have sought to provide this aid and this service, Lord, to local people in the Ivory Coast, Lord, but more than that, to re try and reach them for the gospel. And we pray that you bless the men as they would go out, Lord. We pray that you would bless Nigel and David and John and Josh and Kyle as they would go out, Lord, that you would uh, help them, Lord, and, and even just with the traveling arrangements and everything, Lord, that everything would go smooth. And that you would help them when they get out there, Lord, not to, um, uh, not to find, Lord, that things, they're not able to make as much progress, Lord, but they would feel that it's a beneficial trip, that they're able to provide all the needs and all the service and all the... The, the building and the maintenance, Lord, that the, the, they have in their hearts to do. And where there's opportunities, Lord, to speak for you, that you would give them wisdom and help to take those opportunities. And you would sustain them, Lord, and that they would come back refreshed and blessed at seeing the work of God out there, but also of seeing souls coming and putting their trust in you, Lord. That's what we pray for. And we know that you're a God who saves. And Lord, we pray that even as we come back together, uh, next week and the week after, Lord, that we would hear of souls saved uh, through the faithful ministry of those that would serve. We ask that you be with them, Lord. Bless them in traveling, Lord. Keep them safe and be with them, Lord, and give them a real heart for the people so that they would serve faithfully and in love and that you bless them and keep us praying for them while they're out there. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Okay, thank you, uh, Johnny, for that this morning. We're going to stand to sing again, uh, 524, as we pray for those things that are ahead of us. We acknowledge the Lord's goodness in the past, and the Lord, for the years your love has kept and guided, urged and inspired us, cheered us on our way. And we'll stand to sing, and then you'll uh, will come to speak to us, 524.
Good morning, everybody. Nice to be back. And it's nice to see the circumstances change somewhat from the last time. Uh, the last time gave me an awful feeling of a rapture taking place, and I and a few others were left behind. It's a strange thing just imagining the existence of people and not actually seeing them. But it's nice to look out and see actual human beings because the last time I was here, it was during COVID. You were sitting at home having a cup of tea or something and tuning in. And I was here wondering where everybody's going. There we are. Nice to be back to a bit of normality. So, could you get your Bible and turn to John's Gospel, chapter 10? John's Gospel, chapter 10. Now, I became a Christian as a young man of 16 years of age. and I'll not go into the detail of it, but I was coming from Macrofell to Belfast, and uh, I was a passenger in a car driven by a fellow you might know called Pastor Hamilton Moore. He wasn't a pastor back then, he was an evangelist amongst the brethren. But the Baptist got the clothes on him and dragged him towards them eventually. And I've known Hammy ever since. He uh, baptized me. He married me, and he's under instructions. He can't die before me, because he's got to finish the job. He's got to be there to bury me. And uh, I know there's a wee bit of finagling going on, you see, between him and another man, that while he was giving me a lift back to Belfast, that somewhere along the route he would try to uh, do a wee bit of Bible thumping. And I knew when the Bible thumping was going to begin, because... The car began to slow down. And he turned his head, his dear friend Eileen was in the front seat with him, and, and he said, you are, are you saved? And of course he knew fine well I wasn't saved, but you've got to get the conversation going somewhere. And I says, I'm not saved, but don't waste your time talking to me because it's not for me. I had this uh, crazy idea that it might be for you, might be for everybody else, but somehow you'll funny was excluded. It wasn't for me. Because, you see, as I said to him, I tried to get saved as we fella, sometimes getting down with the sediment bed and asking the Lord Jesus to be my saviour, but I was under the impression that when you do that, things happen. <laughs> it's like you're having an outer body experience. It's like you're seeing a light flashing somewhere in the heavens. It's like you're having a shiver going down your spine. I'm looking for all of these uh, external uh, you know, happenings, feelings, sensations. And because they didn't happen, I got the impression that God had something against me. Maybe it's because I supported Manchester United and God wasn't a fan of them. Or, or maybe I parted my hair the wrong way or whatever. I couldn't understand it. I just got this impression that salvation for everybody else, but not for me. I was out. He didn't want me. So Hammy didn't just slow the car down. He stopped the car. We lay by. And he got his Bible out. And he just showed me from the Bible. Forget about feelings and seeing lights and sensations. It's taking God out of his word that Jesus loves me, he died for me, I was included in the atonement. I wasn't outside of it. It was for me that Jesus died. Now, I wasn't a theologian there. Just became one last week. But I wasn't a theologian there. And in my understanding, once I realized uh, uh, I'm not excluded, I can be saved, then I want to get saved. And in my understanding, I was very, very clear. Jesus, take my sons away and get me to heaven. That was it. I didn't think it was much more than that, you see. And for most people, that's basically it. Jesus, take my sins away and get me to heaven. And don't ever let me get into that other awful place. Get me to heaven. And uh, I got saved. And then, of course, uh, 
you begin to read and go to meetings and your understanding deepens. And then you begin to understand that sitting in the car, something more was happening than just my sin has been taken away and getting off to heaven. A relationship was established. This distant God was now my father. Relationship. He's not the big God that is out there sitting in the heavens. He is near, he is close. He's my father. I'm a son, I'm his family. It was a wonderful thing to discover that I'm a child of God and God is my father. And of course I wanted to get to this father of mine. And it's a wonderful thing to discover things about your father. Um, here we are in John's Gospel, chapter 10. And take a look there at verse 28. And it tells you something about our relationship with our Father. And it says in verse 28, Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life. And sitting in the car that night, that's what I got. God give me eternal life. And that was a gift. A gift. I didn't earn it. I didn't work hard to, to make it mine. God gave it to me as a gift. And this gift came with a guarantee. You buy a watch, you, you know, they might come a wee guarantee with it, a warrant, that sort of thing. God give you a gift of eternal life, and there's a, a warrant with it, there's a guarantee alongside it. And what is it? What is this guarantee? And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. You get that? That's quite a guarantee, isn't it? It doesn't say, I'm going to give them the gift of everlasting life, and there's a possibility they might get to heaven eventually. No, he says, it's guaranteed they will. They'll never perish. And, and you might wonder, well, how can, how can God give you that sort of a guarantee? Well, it all depends where he puts us. It goes on to say, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And if that's not good enough, look at verse 29. My Father which give them unto me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. A Father's hand. In the book of Ephesians, uh, referring to believers as we are, it says we are God's purchased possession. Somebody thought I was worth buying. Someone thought you were worth buying. Someone looked down and he saw me and he saw you. And he said, I want those people to be mine. To belong to me. That I can be a father to them. But I came with a tremendous price tag. And so did you. And God saw the price tag, and he says, I understand the price that must be paid, but I'll pay that price, redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. That's the price that heaven paid that I might be God's. That's how much he loves me. And that's how much he loves you, that he died for you, that you could be saved and belong to him. Now, whenever you purchase something, well, it all depends on the value of it. Christmas came and, and, um, and maybe you got something you recognized that came from the pawn shop. It broke the day you got it. Didn't last very long. And you weren't going to take it out and get some sort of insurance on it. You knew it was just not much more than a pawn. It's rather worthless. And you're surprised it even lasted by dinner time. Rather worthless. But then you may have got something that is a bit like a house is valuable. Your Rolex watch is valuable. The car is valuable. So when you get something and you recognize it's got value, you're insured, you're protected, you'll put it somewhere where a thief was not going to get it. So God says, I want these sinful people to be mine. 
and I'll pay the price that they might be mine. My son will death for them, and offer death upon a cross, and through his death, they'll become mine, and I'm not going to lose them. When I think what the price I had to pay to have them, I'm not going to be careless with them. I'll find somewhere where I can keep them safe. And God found the safest place of all, a father's hand. It all depends on how big and tough and hard, how strong and mighty that hand is. Well, I'll read you a wee verse. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 48. And, and God makes a claim. He says, my hand, well, what's it done? He said, has laid the foundation of the earth. And he goes on. The boast gets greater. He says, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand has spanned the heavens. The spans of the universe. What a universe. What's big? Whenever I was a wee boy growing up in Mackerfield, and I've got this memory of my mum, and uh, we had family that lived outside Mackerfield in a place called Ballymagwigan, wee town lad. And I just remember my mum borrowing a bicycle. It was the old fashioned type, you know, the handlebars sort of way up here, and the big, 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 big U bend the seat, and then a wee seat for a child at the back. And I remember being, you know, sitting there, the wee passenger, and my mum get me on and get her leg through and starts to pedal, and all the way through the town of Mackerfield, out the other side, and then heading out to Ballamacwigan, and, and to get there, uh, the big massive steep hill, and you had to get off the bicycle and push the bike and me up the hill, and, and then down the other side, and round to the right, into the Ballamacwigan to see some family. I was a wee passenger. My mum was exhausted, pedaling and, you know, and pushing the bike. And, and I'm sitting there, no sweat in my brow. The sweat was in her brow. Her legs were the ones that were going wobbly with the, the, the tiredness. And I was sitting with a smile on my face, looking at the hand. There's a cow over there, and there's a, there's a horse over there, and the scenery's fantastic. But there's a truth in this that although I was a passenger, and didn't contribute anything to the energy that was needed to get the bicycle out through the town to Ballymagwigan. Uh, all the energy belonged to my mum. She's the one that did all the contribution. Uh, but I travelled the same speed and went the same distance as my mother on the bicycle. You understand that, don't you? I was but a passenger. God has created a cosmic bicycle. And we're all passengers on it. And it's some bicycle. And boy, I'll tell you, it must take some energy to keep the thing going. It must take some power to uphold the whole thing. Uh, why should you, have you come far this morning to get here? You know, say, oh, just five minutes down the road, or maybe just in the car, five minutes sort of thing. Have you walked here? Just a... Oh, I'll tell you, some of you came a million miles to get here this morning. You say, well, what? Yeah, absolutely. See, the whole universe is moving. It's moving at colossal speeds, and we have no sense of it. If we were on the equator, and the spinning of the axis, the earth is spinning at the equator a thousand miles an hour. And here we sit <laughs> And everything just seems very hokey-dory to me. Not a ripper. No sense of a hand of wind or anything. You get the feeling the universe, the earth is just hovering in space. It's not hovering. It's spinning in space. On the equator, a thousand miles an hour. And of course we also know that the earth is part of a system called the solar system. There's the sun, and there's the earth, and the moon, and Jupiter, and Mars, and Saturn, and so on. All that we group of planets, uh, and, and, and uh, the, the earth itself, you see, 
it's flying around the sun. I've gone around the sun just a few days back there. I completed 73 laps of the sun. And I've been travelling at 67,000 miles an hour for 73 years. And I'm exhausted by it. <laughs> when you travel those speeds and that distance, you've got to be tired. <laughs> 365 days it takes you to go all the way around the sun. And we're travelling at 67,000 miles an hour. And the solar system that that's all part of, it's flying through space at nearly 500,000 miles an hour. You get that? You're just getting at this. And, uh, now, preachers tend to exaggerate. I don't believe that, fella. I hope you go home and get your computer down and say, I'm going to find out the real truth. And you'll be shocked. At this. He's right. Those are the speeds we're flying through the universe. And you put it all together, the totality of the speed that we're flying through space, it is 2,855,000 miles apart. That's 800 miles a second. Now you understand when I say, how far did you come to get to church? You're talking about millions of miles to get here. Uh, if I had a gun, you know, you put your hands up and think I'm going to rob you. <laughs> but if I just, just for demonstration purposes, if I fired a bullet, that bullet would fly out of an, what they call these RK, these assault rifles, you know, at 1,500 miles an hour. We're traveling nearly 2,000 times faster than the speed of the bullet. How do the men comprehend that? Who put that glorious system together and keeps the whole thing from blowing up and crashing? And well, the God says, you don't have to look beyond me. He says, my hand put it all together. And in that hand, that's where we are. That's why God says, and no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. That's where I am. That's where every believer is. We are safe and secure in the strong, mighty, powerful, creative hand of our God. I want to take you to another verse, because it's not just a father's hand. Back to John's Gospel, uh, chapter 14. And you'll probably know where I'm going, if you've got any sense of your Bible. Here's what it says. Uh, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he says, in my Father's house. Now, Jesus is, he understands the, how finite we are in our thinking. And he's trying to make our eternal destination simple and understandable that we can grasp it. So he says, in my Father's house are many mansions. That's easy to picture, isn't it, there's mansions, the house, it's he says, that's where we're heading for. That's where that hand has taken us. Father's hand one day will transport us to our Father's house. It's a glorious house. A wonderful glorious eternal home. And that's where I'm eventually going to be and that's where you as a believer will eventually be we are a family and God is building a house for his family and one day the family will be in our new home heaven itself it's a glorious place my son Ben uh, whenever he was coming up for the 11 plus he read we but laid back Ben and uh, I thought well he could be too laid back for his own good got to try and incentivize him to put a, do a bit of an effort for the 11 plus. And so I tried to figure out how, how could I motivate him. I got it. See, his bedroom wall back then was plastered with everything to do with Manchester United. Photographs of the team, uh, the, the jersey, the shirts, all that kind of stuff, and uh, the trousers and the stockings. 
And so I said then, if I can see you're making an effort, the effort, I promise you, I'll take you to Manchester and we'll go to the football ground, Old Trafford, and we'll see Manchester United play football. He says, Daddy, are you, for, are you serious? I am serious. Cut yourself a deal. Of course, he was telling his friends all about it. And they were coming to me saying, Mr. Finley, Ben says, uh, if he works hard for 11 plus, you'll take it a match. I said, that's right. He says, boy, he's lucky. <laughs> so Ben, he studied and, and he got the thing. So I was not honor bound to keep my promise. So uh, I'm a wee bit laid back myself. And of course, uh, after 11 plus, uh, the weeks passed by and, and the months passed by. And I'm ashamed to say, so also did the years pass by. And Ben's dream sort of fell from the heavens and he probably began to think to himself, my dad's cute. He just said that to make me work hard for 11 plus. He never really meant it. But I meant it. And I've got to show my son his dad is not a liar. And I remember this day I came with the envelope and I put it in his hand and, and I could see the excitement but he was almost afraid to say what he thought it was in case he was disappointed. And then opens it. He says, Dad, we're going. I says, we are. Manchester. Pack your bags. We're heading off. And off we went. Uh, Manchester United, the team, the football ground to Bennett was hollow turf. There's something sacred. You know, the football fanaticism can take you into some crazy mindsets and it was just, it's short on TV, dreamed about it, but to be there. Now, when we got there, our seat was just, there's only one room behind us. We were so high up. And to get there, you had to go up the stairs on the outside and then come in at the top at your level. And I wanted to get in before Ben, the camera, because I wanted to see Ben's face when he saw this glorious place for the first time. I never saw a smile like it. He came in and he stood there and he just silent. And he just took it all in. And then the best part was to come. He says, Daddy, there's the team coming in and there's David Beckham and there's Wayne Rooney and there's him and the men and Alex Ferguson, the manager. This was heaven. The delight and the joy. He's actually there. Bible talks about our glorious future. What's it going to be like when our dreams give way to reality? When we stand in heaven and we see what Jesus has died for, why he had secured us in his hand to bring us to such a glorious home. Ben, he's now a dad, a wee boy, and wee boys a year and a half, a lonely wee fella, great fun, he has exhausted, but we're enjoying him. And a few months back when he was just sort of getting up on his feet and getting into everything, and uh, he's in the house and I sit on the couch and he comes across and at that stage he had a wee fascination with strings and leads and that sort of wires. And there's the wee table beside me and a wee lamp and the lead. And he came across and he was fiddling about the lead and I was keeping a wee eye on him and he pulled the whole thing off and uh, he saw the wee box like a wee switch and began to focus on it there's a wee button and that stage he knew the buttons are interesting you press a button and a chair might lift up you press a button you might turn on the oven you know Things can happen when you press a button. Interesting things can happen. And so he, he niggled his fingers and to try and get it where he could get the thumb on top of the wee button. And then he pressed it and the light of the lamp goes on. And he looked at me with a look of wonder. <gasps> oh, Granddad, did you see that? And then he pressed it again and the light goes off. And oh, oh. Oh, you know, and it's off and it's off and it's on and it's off and it's all fantastic you know 
I was thinking my neighbour Billy Duff across the way, Billy be calling the police. Thinking I'm trying to send him a signal. I need help. Get the fire brigade. Get the police. I'm being robbed or something. You know? No, just a wee boy. Just calling the wonders of a button. Right? Oh, 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 no. And the wee look of wonder. Just as a wee boy discovers the wonders of his world. What's it going to be like when that hand transports us to that house and we get to experience the wonders of God's heaven? To look around and see the glory of it. And then, ah, the people of heaven. There's the Apostle Paul and, and there's Peter and John and Thomas and and there's all the, the patriarchs and, and then there's the man with the hand with the nail print. That's the Savior. I know the Bible says that God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And that's a glorious thing to look forward to. All the tears associated with sorrow and death and, and agony and pain, all that kind of uh, grief the tears with that to get rid of all of that but I hope that God will still allow tears of gratitude and appreciation for I don't want to hold that nail pierced hand with a dry eye I want to say Lord Jesus thank you for the nails that held those hands to the cross thank you Lord Jesus for the spear wound in your side Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the, for the evidence of the crown of thorns upon your brow. Thank you that you died for me, that I could belong to you and be secured in a hand like no other hand, and then eventually to live in a house like no other house. As believers, you're, you're blessed. See, our own world we're living and heading into another New Year, do you think it's going to be any different from the previous one? It's broken. Broken. You're not going to find security out there. You're not going to find tremendous blessedness out there. It's all earthly. You lose it all anyway. As believers, let's keep our focus. Where our real joy is. Where our real security is. One who's become our Father. In whose hand we dwell. And whose home we will live in forever and ever. Let's close and we were a prayer. Father, we thank you for your great, great love for us. We're staggered to think that you wanted to own us. But we're even staggered even more so to think of the price you were willing to pay for us that we could be yours. Help us, our Father, never to forget that we are not our own. We're bought with a price, redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. So, our Father, we pray that you'll just uh, bless us in the week that lies ahead. Keep us in close contact with yourself. Thank you for your love and your grace. And we offer our thanks and our gratitude in our Savior's precious name. Amen. We'll finish by closing with our closing hymn. 537, 537, the sands of time are sinking, the dawn of heaven breaks. We'll stand and sing.